Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to The Takeaway. I'm Todd Zwillick. Over the weekend, a 23-year-old female photographer recounted her experience of a date and a sexual encounter with comedian and actor Aziz Ansari last fall. She says that on that date and in the encounter, her verbal and nonverbal cues that she was uncomfortable went ignored. She told the website Babe that it was the worst night of her life. Aziz Ansari was the star of the comedy Parks and Recreation and creator of the Netflix comedy Master of None. The woman hasn't revealed her identity, but she says she felt pressured into a sexual encounter with Ansari. I believe I was taken advantage of by Aziz, she said. Aziz Ansari responded saying the encounter, quote, by all indications, was completely consensual. Now, a lot of people have pointed out that the lines in this story can feel especially blurry. And it's opened up a new chapter in the conversation about consent in this Me Too era. As part of our weekly conversations about women and gender issues, we asked Koa Beck of Jezebel and Jessica Bennett of The New York Times to give us their take. Jessica, what do you make of the allegations against Aziz Ansari? So this naturally much like every other case we're seeing now, has prompted this whole new debate. Is it sexual assault? Is it possible to not consent but also not be assaulted? Mm -hmm. What this particular case and the detail that was given in the story opened up for me anyway was this this larger conversation I think we should be having about coercion, about the ways that – young men are taught to pursue sex. Mm -hmm. If you are a man and you are taught by every force, whether it's pornography or pop culture or film and television, that your entire goal is to essentially take what the woman says and keep pushing it and Mm -hmm. pushing back and pushing back until she relents, that script for how we engage in sexual interaction feels very wrong. (laughs) Koa, what do you think? There is a really prominent quote that there is a discrepancy on who originally said, but it's been filtered down into internet memes and exists a lot on on Pinterest, that uh, women are not slot machines that you insert kindness coins into until sex falls out. This operates from a place that sex is the goal above all else and Mm -hmm. that sex is there for you. Mm -hmm. So it's just the Rubik's Cube of getting Mm -hmm. it. I was reminded of... A piece I had done a couple of years ago about consent training programs on college campuses. And there's a sociologist named Harry Broad who studies consent and masculinity. And he basically talked about how, you know, dudes are taught that getting to eventual consent is the goal. Like push her just a little bit further, one more drink, like no is negotiable. And the way he described it was Quote, a lot of what we as young men learn as seduction is really like preparatory sexual assault training, which to me completely resonated because the descriptions in that piece, that's what it sounds like. I I also don't really see the point of a consent-based conversation if consent is something that can be eroded. What do you mean by that? That if consent is something that you force out of a woman, Mm. consent loses its importance in this conversation. Does that make sense? Well, that's the idea of enthusiastic consent, right? Right. What a lot of the college campuses have done, 
with programs around affirmative enthusiastic consent is that the idea is you need to be enthusiastically right. saying that you want to do the thing at every step of the way. Like consent can be withdrawn at any point. You can change your mind. Like all of these things are okay. You can do one thing and not another thing. Like you can't assume from any one behavior that a next behavior is mm-hmm. entitled to you. Yes. I, I think um, her, Grace's indication that she had been presenting consistent physical cues that she was not interested in engaging in this behavior says a lot about the conversations we will not have surrounding sex um, top down. A big part of this that I have not been seen talked about enough within Me Too is that we do not have comprehensive sex education in this country. States can decide um, how they want to present uh, sex education. They, they've found ways, especially in the Bush administration when I was growing up, to block certain comprehensive sex education. All this does is mute and stifle conversations that young people need around sex. And not just the ability to talk about it, but also to identify consent when it's there. When you stifle conversations like that and you don't allow them to exist in, in a setting in which kids can ask questions and understand sex, it's basically a tunnel to porn, which is performance-based. Porn is not an accurate depiction of Mm -hmm. sex. And yet more and more young people consume porn, which I think warrants a separate conversation entirely. But the fact that they are not consuming that alongside any authentic conversation around sex, I think, is a problem and presents us with this terrain in which cues are being misread. People don't necessarily understand how to talk about it in the first place. I think that by the time we are learning about consent, I mean, when did I learn about consent? Like after college. I mean, like I'm older. I'm not of the generation where this conversation is happening all the time, but certainly not in high school when I was first sexually active, you Mm -hmm. know, and like certainly not in middle school when I should have been learning it in order to be healthily sexually active in high school. Mm -hmm. I will add, I I think what this case indicates to me, especially in a post-Weinstein climate, is that we need a more nuanced understanding of what consent is in the first place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because all the various responses to this indicate that everyone is operating on a different plane of what consent even is. I totally agree. And the understanding levels are so different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the fact that in this case, as described, there were verbal and visual cues that were not picked up on. Mm -hmm. And so what is that telling us about the way that we're communicating? That's Jessica Bennett, gender editor of The New York Times, in conversation with Koa Beck, editor-in-chief of Jezebel. And we've been asking you, how are we communicating about consent to our own kids? Hi, this is Crash calling from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And my wife and I definitely do talk about consent with our child. Our son is only four, but we always tell him he does not have the right to touch anyone's body without their permission. And then no one should touch his body without his. We also constantly try to reinforce that he needs to think about how others might feel before he acts. You can never start too soon. This is Jermaine from Florida. We talked about attitudes, viewpoints, and behaviors. There was no subject that was off limits. Relationships can be very difficult, and we wanted our sons to think about them from all angles. 
And we got this from San Geronimo, California. My college and high school kids are giving consent talks to younger kids. My middle schooler is well-versed as well. It's a hot topic. And from Brigham City, Utah, we're teaching our children about consent in all situations. It can be applied to anything, playing with toys, hugs, sharing food or drinks. We teach them to look for a yes or no and to reconfirm by asking if everything is still okay. Is it okay that I'm still using your toy? This is Andrew in Kalamazoo, Michigan. My kids are six, four, and one, so we haven't yet talked about consent explicitly. But we are consciously teaching them consent and bodily autonomy in a way that feels like a fundamental building block that we want them to carry into their adult relationships. Speaking up and the freedom to say yes or no is all it entails. I was never taught any kind of consent in my childhood, or if I was, I never absorbed it, period. I, uh, feel like I cannot say no. Thus, I cannot date. This came out of um, inappropriate sexual activity between my father and I. But what I came out of that with is I can't say no to anything. So I'm very careful in my life and I don't date. My name is Dave. I'm calling from Central Florida. My teenage children are boys. And when they're about to engage in a sexual encounter, I've told them that they should have the girl put the condom on them for them. This way they know that it, there's consent and that the, the person is not impaired uh, and it's something that's completely voluntarily being done and looked forward to. So hopefully that helps somebody along the way. This is The Takeaway.